listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert-Monk. Welcome in to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. This is a bonus, uh, you lucky lucky people, bonus podcast here for you. Just splitting up, obviously, the week three preview there with Lee Wakefield, obviously, was part one, so go check that out if you haven't done so already. But this podcast will focus on more of the punting side, the uh, kicker's corner, and also a uh, very special guest, Roger Goodgrove, returns to the podcast to talk about the officiating side for the first couple of weeks, a few storylines there, obviously, going into the season about the new rules and the emphasis on, on certain aspects of the game. So we'll be talking about those as well and a very, very special uh, story about his time uh, over in the States where he has just come back from. But back to this episode, obviously this is uh, part two of, of two uh, episodes for the week three. This is podcast 41. We're still obviously Saturday, the 20, not, uh, 22nd of September. Thank you so much for joining us. And if you didn't, uh, if you didn't, if you missed the first uh, podcast, we are looking for some writers, uh, looking for a writer, a fantasy football writer to, to join us. So if you are new to the writing or you want to give it a, a shot, you are uh, pretty good at fantasy football, you're well-versed in, in writing or are just interested in doing it, please give us a shout at Full10Yards uh, on the Twitter handle there or you can email us at Full10Yards at gmail.com maybe with a writing piece that you want to do just to maybe do a blog post once a week uh, on fantasy football. Uh, just get in touch with us for a bit more information about that. But let's start off with a show, let's kick it off with a bang, and let's start with the kickers. Right, hi everyone, this is Jack and Jamie from the Kickers Matter Fantasy Football Podcast. Um, we're going to do our start sits for the kickers, so who are we starting Jamie this week? Uh, well, starting, I, I believe it's the same same uh, kicker we started last week was uh, or the week before was Matt Ryan. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a high high scoring game, um, and part of this is is to go with the Falcons have had difficulties in the red zone as we all know. Last week was different, but there's still that little bit of uncertainty in the back of my head and your head as well. So. Um, they'll get to the end, the the, uh, the red zone, and they'll either score a touchdown or Matt Bryan's going to smack three through the, through the uh, post. So Matt Bryan will be our uh, our kicker to play this week. Yeah, um, I also believe you, you should start Will Lutz in that game as well because yeah. I just think yeah. it's got huge shootout potential that game. Um, right, so the, the guy that we're sitting this week, well, it comes to no surprise to anyone, uh, <laughs> Stephen, Stephen Hauskier for the Bills. Uh, the Bills are just trash. awful. Yeah, trash. <laughs> and they're going up against an, an extremely good defence. Um, so I just I can't see the Bills putting up any points at all in this game. So, yeah, that's it. That's how starts it. So thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter at kickers underscore meta. Cheers, guys. Cheers. The boys there covering you for your kickers, but now it's time to win some quiche. So let's bring in our resident tipster expert, Adam Walford from Touchdown Tips. Uh, Adam, I think um, we, us and the kickers from last week have something in common in the fact, in the sense that we were way off the mark. So hopefully we can do better, uh, better this week, but not a, not a good week last week from the from the tipping perspective. 
No, a very painful week all round. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter and a lot on the podcast I listen to, and no one did well last week. Yeah, but we, we go again this week. Uh, I, I can't remember what the uh, the cumulative profit and losses for the season. I'll have to I'll post that up on, on social media uh, a bit after we finish recording. But it's on to week three, so let's start with our money line Ackers. Uh, do you want to do start us off? Yep, uh, unsurprisingly, it's a stupid one to put in because I think they're one to fourteen. But um, starting with the Vikings, uh, Houston, uh, Seattle, New England, and KC. That is about five to one uh, for those five. Yeah, KC. KC. Uh, is that is that uh, was that a quite easy decision? Was there any t- tough ones in? Obviously, Seattle were just shaded favourites there at home to to the Cowboys. Uh, KC. Who are they playing? San Francisco. Yeah, they should get that one done. The one thing, yeah. I, the one thing I did find this week was the handicap lines are actually quite difficult to try and try and decipher. There's a lot of five and six and seven point favourites there. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're kind of high, but they could go either way. It's a weird yeah. one. It's yeah. like you say, it's very tough to call a lot of them this week. Yeah, we had had real 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 difficulty with the handicap treble. We we'll, we'll get to that shortly. Uh, my money line was Baltimore, uh, Atlanta, Jacksonville. The Rams, Houston, and uh, New England, which is a seven-to-one uh, accumulator there with Paddy Power. Um, I, I added in Atlanta just purely for for boosting up, and I, I think they'll take care of business there at home to New Orleans. But again, that's one that can go either way. Pretty confident about Baltimore, Jacksonville, uh, the Rams, uh, Houston, and, and New England. So it's just a case of just putting Atlanta in there just to boost it up from like four to one to about seven to one because I think they're just a, a shade of odds on. Um, any any in there that you don't like? Obviously Jacksonville t- against Tennessee. I I think Blaine Gabbett's uh, going to be QB in there, so that, that, that one's yeah. quite an easy one. <laughs> and Boston, yeah, that one's is still off the board on three six five, but yeah, I, um, I think it's expected to be about nine and a half points. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. the line yeah. for the Jags. So, yeah, yeah, no, I saw, I saw that. Um, a couple of bookies are doing it. Yeah, Atlanta, tough one. The Saints are going to bounce back eventually, aren't they? It's just yeah. whether they do this week or not. Yeah. Well, I just went. I just went with the, the, this consensus that the Saints have actually haven't done much on offense. Uh, obviously, struggled against Cleveland last week. Uh, really should have lost that game. And Atlanta, whilst they're depleted on defense as well, I think they rolled a little bit last week in the red zone uh, and might, might just have too much firepower for the New Orleans defense that isn't as good as it was maybe last year. Uh, Baltimore as well are a good home. I think they're playing their first game at home, aren't they? Yeah. No. Can't remember. Um, they they no second game I think. Second game, yeah. I think they won the first one against the Bills at home. Oh yeah, that's true. Uh, oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's the. But that, that doesn't count as a game though. No, no, sure. <laughs> no. But Baltimore are usually a good home team as well. Um, and Houston I think should take care of the Giants as well in their home opener. Uh, and Bill Belichick shouldn't take any prisoners. Uh, with Matt Patricia coming, uh, coming to face him there in, in Detroit. But um, let's move on to the handicap treble then. So who who who's the three you gone for for the handicap? Uh, I've gone with Chicago minus five um, at Arizona, mm. Seattle minus one and a half, home to the Cowboys, and the Patriots minus six and a half mm. um, at Detroit, and that was 6.81 to one. Mm. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, the the, Indi- the Arizona-Chicago uh, line, I mean, judging on the first two weeks of, of, of performances, you'd expect that line to be at least doubled, uh, considering that... You know, Arizona have only scored six points in the first two games. So you wonder why it's, it almost looks like it's a bit of a trap that they want you to take the Chicago Bears. Um, so that's why I stayed clear of that. Um, there's, there's, yeah, I was, like I say, I struggled quite a lot here to get to get a trouble together. But I've gone for Indianapolis uh, with the points, plus 6.5 uh, away to Philadelphia. Uh, I've gone for Jacksonville. Yep, like that. I've gone for Jacksonville to, to cover, take care of the Titans. 
Um, when I when I took it the other day, it was minus eight, but obviously the, the line's gone up now, so I'd, I'd probably still take minus nine, nine and a half. Uh, I wouldn't take double digits just because it's the NFL and uh, double digit handicap lines are, are difficult to cover, even if it is Jacksonville versus Blaine Gabbert. Uh, but, you know, you see funny things happen like they did last week against Houston Texans where they weren't expected to win and Houston kind of didn't show up. But to complete the treble, I've actually gone Houston minus six uh, in their home opener against the Giants. I think that defensive uh, line there of J.J. Watt, Willie Merciless and Jedevon Clowney should should eat uh, Eli Manning alive, just like the Dallas Cowboys defense did last week. But that's the treble that pays 5.6, just about 5.6 to 1 uh, with Paddy Power there. So they're my three. My thinking behind Indianapolis, uh, Carson Wentz is obviously coming back. Might be a bit ring rusty. Uh, their defense last week, the Colts put put quite a show on there against Washington uh, away from home. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping that this is maybe a defensive battle. Uh, and in, in I think it'd be a low scorer, in which case I'm always happy to take teams that are 6.5, 7 point underdogs. Yeah, yeah, I'd um, I'd go with that. Yeah, I do like the um, the Colts this week against the Eagles. The Eagles are beaten up as well. They've got yeah. um, some serious issues at running back. So yeah. it's um, yeah, it's not a bad line. Yeah. Okay, moving on to the total points treble. Then uh, I'll, I'll kick us off. So I've gone over fifty five for the San Francisco Kansas City game. I've gone over thirty eight point five in the Chicago Arizona game. And like I say, uh, with the comments on about Indy, I've gone under forty seven there. Indianapolis at Philadelphia, which is just a shade under six to one with uh, bet three six five. Nice. Yeah, I was looking at the um, under on the Indy game as well. Like I said, a lot of injuries on both sides. So. Yeah. Um, I can't see a huge amount of points being taken there. Mm. Uh, I also went with San Francisco over yeah. just because KC can't defend and they've got an amazing offense. So yeah. Yeah. logically, that's the way that should go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cannot argue with anything you've gone with there. Yeah. So we're uh, the one, the ones I went with, uh, like I say, KC over 55. I've gone Dallas versus Seattle under 41 mm. and Cincinnati versus Carolina over 43. Uh, the Cincinnati one. Cincinnati have scored 30 points in both games so far. Um, and you've got to imagine the Panthers will get over 14. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, 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 that, that, so, that's, yeah. Uh, that's the kind of game as well. The, the Cincinnati-Carolina game is the kind of game that you could have long touchdowns. Obviously, John Ross, that, that's Carolina secondary is not the greatest. So I can see John Ross actually having a good game there. I know quite a lot of people are trying to starting to fade him. Uh, obviously, you're, you're the, the Bengals fan as well. But I think, um, yeah, that could be a high scoring one. I did, I did like that over. Uh, but just to touch on, obviously, San Francisco, Kansas City, I think I think it's just worth going overs in their games. Obviously, if it gets to the point where it's like the, the line 60, obviously, then that's kind of where you stop. But even then, I, I suppose, un, un, until the, the steam train of the Kansas City offense kind of slows down uh, and stops scoring as many points as they do, and you just keep going over. Similar to like uh, the New England Patriots games over the, over the last couple of years, uh, you know, they're going to score a lot of points and you, you, you keep backing that until they, until they stop. Um, the other the other honourable honourable mention was uh, Pittsburgh Tampa should be another shootout there, but I didn't really want to wait till Monday night football to to finish the treble. Yeah, that was my thinking with that as well. Mm. Far too far too far away. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think that was about fifty three, fifty four, maybe even fifty five as well uh, there for that game. But yeah, really like the overs in that. Okay, so then that moves us to our uh, anytime touchdown scorer accumulators. Who who have you gone for to score touchdowns this week? Um, like we said, with the injuries in Philadelphia, they don't have a whole lot of um, people to choose from. So I've got Zach Ertz, uh, seven to five. I've got Will Fuller at fifteen to eight for the Texans against the Giants. Um, um, Watson loves throwing the ball deep to him, and he scored last week in their first game back together. Mm-hmm. And Tyreek Hill is surprisingly odds against. 
Uh, he was at 11 to 10 at Unibet. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Unibet have quite a lot of uh, decent bets, uh, decent prices this week, standout prices. Um, but yeah, I like all of those. Um, I've also also gone for Will Fuller. Um, Janoris Jenkins should be covering and, uh, DeAndre Hopkins in this game. And Eli Apple and Olivia Vernon are out in this game as for the Giants. So I can certainly see Will Fuller stretching down the field and, and getting a touchdown. He might be worth doing the, the two plus, uh, two or more goals or the, the hat-trick bet in there because you might get some juicy odds for that. But yeah, I really like Will Fuller this week. Um, my other ones that I've gone for, Sonny Michelle. Uh, 15 to 8. Uh, I can't remember who that's with because I haven't got it written down here. But I think he, this is a breakout game for him. I'm absolutely all over Sonny Michel. I'm going to live and die by that that guy this weekend. A couple of others I've gone for. Gio Bernard, 6 to 4. Obviously, Joe Mixon is out. Gio Bernard expected to get the bulk load there uh, against Carolina. I, th- I think, again, I, I just see him scoring, whether it be a pass or a rush. Uh, he'll probably get both sets of plays uh, in the, in that backfield. So 6-4, to four, I, I thought was pretty good. If, if Joe Mixon was playing, he'd probably be odds on, so I don't see why Gia Bernard should be 6-4. to four. And then finally, I'm going to go get, ride once again on the Kittle train. Uh, George Kittle, again, should be a high-scoring match, and similar to our, our James Washington shout last week. I think George Kittle should be quite a decent shout. Obviously, Jesse James uh, put up a big number and scored a touchdown last last week uh, for Pittsburgh against the Kansas City Chiefs, so I'm going George Kittle there at 7-4. So my... my my fourfold comes out as just uh, over fifty to one, but I'm recommending trebles and fourfold there. Uh, one one unit stakes. So, what did your what did your treble come to? Uh, treble was about ten to one on Unibet. Um, just seen the Fuller's price is a little bit bigger than it was. Okay. Uh, when I uh, when I put it down, mm. so I'm just just adding stuff up now, and we are around twos maybe. About fourteen to one now on Betfair. Oh, very good. Um, for Fuller Hill and Ertz. Fourteen to one Betfair, nice. Okay, cool. Uh, and then so that leads us on to maybe some outsiders. Have you got any any juicy prices this week for us? Uh, as always, I've got quite a few. Um, I've got uh, before you start. I've got an absolutely stunker, an absolute stunker for a bet. Yeah. I, I, I very much doubt you've gone for it because uh, the pod, I put it on the podcast uh, earlier on today with, with Lee Wakefield I, m- I mentioned it and I doubt you'd have listened to it by now but I've got an absolute stunker but you give us yours first <laughs> I'm, I'm intrigued now uh, right I have You're Minnesota Minnesota you got Latavius Murray as the one running back there because Delvin Cook is out yeah. if the game gets out of hand like we expected to there's two other running backs oh, no, Michael you're, Boone you're going to kill me Michael Boone yeah and Rock Thomas. Oh, yeah. So I, look, I looked at those. I, I did look at those. Rock Thomas and uh, Mike Boone. Yeah. No, I like those. What are the odds of those? Uh, Boone is now into about 5-1. to one. I got him at 20s yesterday. Nice. And Rock Thomas, you can still get a 20-1 to one on Unibet. Yeah. Yeah, funny enough, so, yeah. funny enough, you say that. I actually mentioned that to to Lee, uh, to Lee on the podcast earlier today. But um, yeah, no. what, what other ones have you got? I've got Mark Andrews for Baltimore. Uh, against Denver. Denver are traditionally quite susceptible to the tight end. Uh, Mark Andrews scored last week against the Bengals. Yeah. Uh, they do spread it around to the tight end, the Ravens, but I think he could be the um, end zone target. So uh, at 7-1, to one, I thought that was pretty big odds. That's on Ladbrokes. Yes, nice. I have Dante Pettis, 4-1 to one on Paddy Power for the 49ers. Nice. Again, we expect that game to be really high scoring. Yeah. Uh, the Bengals signed Thomas Rawls in the week. He did, yeah. I don't, I'll admit, I've not seen any news on whether he's doing anything or likely to do anything, but he's 12 to 1 on Paddy Power if you want to mm-hmm. have a go at that. Uh, in the same game, Darius Wright, 
is four to one for the Carolina Panthers. Mm. He got quite a few targets last week in the middle of the field with Olsen out injured. Yeah. And then I've got two more, two more big ones, very uh, optimistic ones. Uh, as we saw, Rob Kelly went on IR this week, um, which means surely Smiley P. Ryan's going to get a few touches. He's twenty-two to one for the Redskins. I like it. And final one, final one, C.J. Procise. Mm. Uh, for the Seahawks, mm. he's seventeen to one on Paddy Power. Mm. He got three catches last week. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, uh, I didn't realise Rob Kelly had gone on uh, IR, but yeah, Smarty Pirine is way, way, way overpriced there. Uh, I like that a lot. Um, yeah, some good, check, good sh- some good shouts there. Um, some big prices, obviously. Don't put much money on them if you do no. put anything on. But uh, yeah. yeah, a few that caught my eye. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. Then I'm about to unload. Um, yeah, I'm intrigued. And unload some onion. Uh, so. Similar to your to your Vikings shouts on on Rock Thomas and Mike Boone, um, which you know I've said to Lee on the podcast earlier that yeah I can see Minnesota getting out to 21, 28 to nil lead here and just starting the third and fourth stringers. So enter CJ Ham at sixteen to one, uh, who Rand sometimes pops up with a with a with a touchdown that you know no one ever expects is coming. He's a, I think he's the fullback. Uh, for the Minnesota yeah. Vikings. Uh, I remember him popping up at one point last season. I think he scored a touchdown last season for the Vikings. Um so I'm just going to I'm just going to go way left field and I'm going to go CJ Ham at 16 to 1 to score for uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Whilst I also like obviously the guys that you said there Rock Thomas uh, and Mike Boone. I certainly think that they might do a bit of funky stuff, uh, a bit of trick play and, and CJ Ham might get into the end zone. So he's <laughs> He's my he's my long shot for the weekend, but obviously staying in that game, uh, the Minnesota defense and special teams is seven to two uh, to score a touchdown there with Skybet. I uh, really like that as well. Um, for you know, again, slightly bigger odds in you know Lat- Latavius Murray and all that, and all the, the wide receivers there are quite short. So just going for a bit of variation there in that game, uh, for something else to watch. Obviously, because it, it's pretty much going to be a blowout. Um, so I've gone for those two. The other two I've gone for Josh Doxon. Four, uh, four to one. Sorry. Was it fours? Okay. Uh, four to one for the. Yeah, it's a little bit better now. That's, that's changed. Then yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take that all day long. Uh, Josh Doxon for the Washington Redskins. Uh, I think he. Uh, I think there's. A, I think there's an injury worry there for someone on the offense. I think it's Paul Richardson. Uh, but Josh Doxon, uh, the the Green Bay Packers bled uh, points and touchdowns to the Minnesota Vikings last week. Um, so Josh Doxon's a big-bodied guy. I certainly expect Washington to bounce back a bit. So Josh Doxon at 130, I thought was pretty good. And obviously we talked earlier about Will Fuller. He's actually 5-2 with Betfair at the moment. Uh, anytime touchdown scorer, and I'm more than happy to take that as well for for him. Really like Will Fuller this weekend in fantasy touchdowns uh, and DFS and all the like there. So they're my, they're my four outsider anytime. Minnesota defence. The old CJ Ham, uh, Josh Doxon, and Will Fuller for me. So yeah, really like all of those when they when they all steam, steamroll in. We'll uh, we'll book a flight to Vegas. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll uh, be able to afford it. We'll yeah, always. absolutely. Yeah, I, um, I forgot. I do have a couple on the Eagles game as well with Clement being um, questionable because mm-hmm. you got Ajayi's out, Sproles is out, Clement's questionable. Yeah. Uh, so their running backs are likely to be Wendell Smallwood yep. and possibly Josh Adams, Josh who Adams. they signed off the practice squad this week. Yeah. Um, apparently, they really like him. Yeah. Um, and he was 10-1 to 1 last night. Um, I'm not sure what he is now, to be honest. I've not checked. Mm. Uh, I can quickly... Um, I can quickly but yeah, Smallwood was 4-1. to 1. 
Yeah, no, I like that shout. Obviously, I, th- I think uh, Corey Clement's going to be good to go uh, from from some of my sources that are Eagles fans. Uh, but who have we got here? So Josh Adams. It's just going down the list. I can't actually see him. Oh, there we go. Uh, he's, he's nines with Betway still, but he's a lot shorter in el- elsewhere. So obviously everyone's everyone's got on. He's uh, short as nine to five with uh, Betfair. I'd be very happy if he gets two because I got him to score two or more, four hundred twenty-five to one. Oh, hello! Last night on um, Paddy Power. Hello, that's a deep, that's a deep dive there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously, incredibly unlikely and very ridiculous, but uh, you, never, you never know. Yeah, Shoot. for me, I'd be very happy for Clement to have a bit of a relapse on his calf injury yeah. and uh, so his quad injury. Yeah, yeah, and give them two a go. Yeah, shoot for the moon, shoot for the moon, my friends. Uh, okay, so that two, leaves right. us uh, with a couple of more bets. To uh, we've got a Napa Express in the upset of the week so who's your upset of the week going to be uh upset is one that you've mentioned already the indianapolis colts Ooh. i would um give them on money line just for the odds mm. yeah like that i've I've actually gone your bengals uh, i think they'll go in and and could yeah. beat, beat carolina the thing is when when i look at the for the upsets i actually i don't look at teams that maybe could cover i always look at the you know for for uh handicap lines that are plus threes and fours i always look at those for upsets and see, you know, can the team actually go in uh, and win the game? I, I think Cincinnati can go into Carolina and win the game. Carolina have not been the great on, greatest on, on offence uh, and the Bengals have certainly played well in their first two games of the season. So I quite like Cincinnati at 11-8 to eight there to, to win uh, to win the game. So I, I hope so. Okay, so leave two best bets of the week then, uh, uh, Adam. Who, what is your nap, what's your nap for the week? My nap is one that I've not actually mentioned today. I'm just double-checking it's still there. It was Matt Ryan to throw over one and a half touchdown passes. Ooh. And that is at four to six. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, I thought mean, that, would so, pro- that should probably be lower than that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's gonna, it should be. It could be even a shootout, couldn't it? So, yeah. Yeah, I, that's, like that's what we're expecting. So, yeah, that's um, my best bet, I reckon. Yeah, and also, you, obviously, you've got no Devonta Freeman there, so Tevin Coleman, who's primarily a pass catcher out of that backfield, uh, again, will will help our cause if if it becomes a shootout. And you know, even if it's like a little shovel pass, obviously, that's a four pass, because it's a touchdown. So, yeah, no, I really like that. Four or six over one and a half touchdowns. I think he'd probably get that double. Uh, maybe he can get three or four there. Considering last week, they had four, yeah. obviously, in the red zone, didn't they? Yeah, two of him, two were him rushing, though. Well, yeah, true. Last week, yeah, I mean he threw two and rushed two in, um, but like you said, I think this could be easily be a shootout, so mm. he should be having to throw. Yeah, absolutely, cool. And so uh, my nap of the week is Will Fuller uh, over fifty-five, over fifty-four point five yards at ten to eleven Skybet. Again, with Will Fuller, usually he takes one play, uh, and you can get paid out pretty much because he's that stretch the field kind of guy uh, and can run it in from from anywhere on the field. So. For a, for a bet that could be done, you know, at any point, you don't. It's not like a, maybe a George Kittle or someone like a, you know, some a plodder that that tots up the yards on catches, you know, like your Nelson Aguilar's or your Jarvis Landry's and that kind of, and and you know, maybe your Zach Ertz's, I suppose. Will Fuller can get it down in one. So I'm going to go for hit over over 54.5 yards for him, 10 to 11 with Skybet. That leaves us all le- uh, with our next best. What's your next best? Uh, it was between two. It was between Zeke at ten to eleven or Tyreek Hill at eleven to ten, and I went with Tyreek Hill eleven to ten. Yeah, yeah, like it. Yeah, obviously, again, he's another oh, one. Oh. He, he's another one that can just explode uh, in that offense. Yeah, like it, like it quite a lot. And I say it's odd, odds against there. You'd probably make it an odds-on shot in that in that type of game. Richard Sherman obviously has not been the same since coming back from that that hit, uh, Achilles heel injury last season. Um, so yeah, I certainly expect Tyreek Hill to be in the end zone once again. 
Uh, so my one uh, is Latavius Murray, uh, win cast with Coral, 21 to 10. I uh, really like that bet. I'm not quite sure why. Um, I'm not sure why they've priced it up like that, but I'm quite willing to, to take that. I'm not going to explain too much more into that, but it could be a blowout. could be 40, 50 points here for Minnesota. So, you know, to get on anyone with win casts, uh, you're probably a safer bet than either betting them outright or betting anyone, someone to do an anytime touchdown goal, uh, you know, anytime touchdown. So I'm quite happy to take that at just over two to one. Yeah, I forgot you. Um, you told me about that yesterday, didn't you? <laughs> you did, yeah. Um, yeah, I got on that one yesterday. Um, at Ladbrokes, you can use your price boost to make it a teeny bit better. But yeah, um, yeah very good price no matter what. Yeah, like that. Okay, so that pretty much... Uh, are you looking forward to week three? I don't think there's anything else really to cover from a betting standpoint, but hopefully, uh, like I say, we can we can do better than week two and maybe return to the form of week one. But are you, what's your, what are you excited most about the uh, the games tomorrow? Are you going to be watching the Cincy game? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I'm um, hoping to have well, I hoping to have a couple of mates around and I want Red Zone on the big TV and I'll have the Cincy game on my laptop and... Have a ribs, chicken, chicken wings, or what have you, and have a proper kind of night of it because my wife's away, my daughter's away. So I finally get a bit of uh, time to myself to just sit and mong. Yeah. Certainly drink to that, my friend. Well, hopefully we can uh, we can win some money whilst we we do that as well. It'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, especially <laughs> after last week, it was a yeah. blooming nightmare last week. Awesome. Okay. Well, let's say all the best of luck with all your bets and all your fantasy teams, and we'll we'll be back with you next week. Yeah, nice one. Uh, just before we go, the Sky Bet treble I quite like this week as well, ten to one. Who's that? Uh, there was a, it was AJ Green. Uh, put me on the spot now. Put <laughs> on the spot. Uh, yeah, it was AJ Green, uh, Michael Thomas, and Tyreek Hill all to score, boosted to ten to one from six to one. Nice. There you go. There you have it. There. Uh, so the end, uh, come Monday, we're gonna be we're gonna be stinking rich, and we don't even need to do we don't need to do this segment anymore because we'll be in Vegas slapping it up with our sunglasses on and cigars in our mouths. Eh? Fingers crossed. <laughs> right. Okay. Cool. Well, in, in, if that fails, we'll we'll speak again next week. Yep. I will speak to you next week. <laughs> <laughs> Take it easy, mate. You too, mate. We'll see you soon. All the tips you need there for week three. And don't forget, you can follow Adam's tips and all his betting advice at tdtips.com. Moving on, a bit of a bonus segment for you. Uh, delighted to wel- welcome back one of the smoothest voices to have ever appeared on the podcast. Some people say that it's smoother than the Galaxy Chocolate. Uh, <laughs> glad to say that we uh, welcome back onto the show Roderick Goodgroves to look at the officiating and some of the, the main storylines coming on uh, that side of the game. Uh, Roger, we welcome you in. Obviously, I know you've just come back from holiday. Uh, luckily, you, you, you say that there's no jet lag, um, but we welcome you back onto the Full 10 Yards podcast. How have you been? Yeah, thank you. Very good, thank you. Uh, still a bit tired, but uh, a lot better than I could be, I must admit. Are you, are you, are you a Galaxy chocolate man or are you a Cadbury's? Yeah, absolutely. It's, a, it's actually my favourite chocolate, so quite a compliment. <laughs> no, maybe maybe there's a sponsorship deal in there uh, if, our, if our podcast gets... Uh, gets to the, the, the four corners of the earth maybe there's a galaxy uh, galaxy promotion deal for, for you there just waiting but um, <laughs> we didn't come on to, to talk about chocolate obviously um, you obviously deal with the officiating side 
uh, over on these shores. Obviously, we had you on to talk about the ins and outs of the uh, behind the scenes of Britball, which was was very informative and taught me a thing or two. But obviously, let's uh, turn our attention on to uh, the NSL side of things. Obviously, a couple of weeks in now. Um, what, what have you made of the first couple of weeks uh, in terms of officiating? And obviously, we'll, we'll get into some maybe more contentious calls. Um, obviously, there's, there was a big one last week with, with Clay Matthews. But overall, on, on the first couple of weeks, obviously going into the season, a few new rules came in. Um, do you just maybe want to comment on, on how you, you think that's, that's how it's been implemented and it, has it worked at all? Yeah, so I think if we give it a little bit of context, so the major changes in the rules um, over the um, off-season, the first one was we had a new simplified catch rule. So many people last year were unhappy at the way the interpretations were being ruled for what was a catch and what wasn't. And the big issue that um, mainly was the impact was the going to the ground rule. So, you know, had situations where somebody was... Um, putting hands on the ball, turning towards a goal line, crossing the goal line, and then falling to the ground and the ball coming loose. Um, they simplifies the the ruling wording um, to actually say that a football move counts as the sign of possession, and as long as you've done that football move, then you don't need to survive the ground. So, firstly, is you still need to survive the ground if you haven't done the football. Uh, move so they had an example in this week's plays where somebody took a couple of steps into the end zone was going to the ground and they lost the ball going to the ground mm. it was actually uh, decided that, that wasn't a touchdown quite rightly because they didn't make the football move or the third step which is considered as a football move so if you make three steps you've now caught the ball doesn't matter then if you uh, lose it going to the ground yeah. so that was the big change that i think has pleased a lot of fans uh, it will cause some issues down the line and there will be plays where the third step is so quickly after the first two, the ball then comes loose and is a fumble. Mm. Most fumbles, because the receivers are downfield, surrounded by uh, the secondary, mm. will end up being the defensive ball. Mm. And there will be situations where this comes around and people won't be happy, but mm. you get what you wish for sometimes. Yeah. So that was the first one. The second one going into the preseason, the main um, new rule change that was upsetting people in the preseason was the new helmet rule. And there was concern that going into the main season, this would be um, so disastrous that players would be uh, being um, penalised all the time. Luckily, they sorted themselves out during the preseason and they changed the wording slightly in the interpretations to... Um, make it clearer that it wasn't all helmet-to-helmet -helmet contact. There was specific helmet-to-helmet -helmet contact they were looking for. And, for example, bracing for contact, even though your helmet was in the way, mm. wasn't considered a foul. Mm. So I think that's really helped in terms of going into the main season. That really hasn't been an issue. Yeah. Interestingly enough, what has become an issue is not a rule change, but um, a, 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 what they call a point of emphasis. So every year, um, the officiating department will look at the existing rules and in conjunction with the competition committee, they'll decide what they want to focus on to make sure the rules are interpreted as they want them to be. Yeah. Now, remember, this is not the officials deciding that it should be or shouldn't be. This is the competition committee, which is made up of uh, club owners, managers, head coaches and a member of the officiating department, Al Riveron, who sits on that committee. But the decisions are actually made by the committee, not by the officials. Um, the officials just got to... So the, the point of emphasis this year is to actually say about the protection of quarterbacks. 
Now, this came about as a result of the hit on Aaron Rodgers last year, where his shoulder was um, uh, done in for the season. And um, it was a hit like that, where a, a person landed full weight on top of the quarterback as part of the sack yeah. that actually caused the injury. So a couple of um, points to the point of emphasis. Um, so there are a number of areas, and the Clay Matthews one, let's take that one, because that one's been a, uh, an issue where people have said, well, why is that foul? Mm. Is it the new landing on the quarterback rule uh, that's the, the issue? Well, no, it wasn't. Uh, well, you're not allowed to pick up with or without your body weight. And what was interpreted on the field was that this was a scoop up by the defender and then drive to the ground. I personally don't see it that way, but I can see why in an instant on the field it would have been called that way. That was a point of emphasis. It's nothing to do with the landing on the quarterback rule because Clay actually supported his weight as he went down. Um, so he did the right things. He had his head to the side. He's not taking the quarterback high at the head. He's not taking the quarterback low at the knee. He did exactly what you would expect to do and drove to the, the midriff. Um, unfortunately, because it was interpreted as that he scooped the quarterback up as a result of that, that's why there was the penalty. So it wasn't as such the new rule. It was the point of emphasis yeah. that's actually causing the issue. Yeah, I mean, obviously that one obviously changed the course of the game. And, and, and in the end, I suppose the result, uh, which I think most people obviously want to try and get out of the game, obviously officials kind of determining, determining results. But made for obviously a great game, obviously continued the, the Minnesota drive there and obviously ended in, in a tie. But just uh, circling back to your first one there about the the, the catch rule. Uh, I don't know if you saw week one, obviously the Julio Jones catch on opening night uh, that, was, that was kind of bubbled and went to ground, uh, that was ruled an incomplete catch. I don't know if you remember that one. No, I didn't see that one, but I uh, will review it and have a look and uh, comment for you if you want in the future. Yeah. But I didn't see it. What, what was it, what was the issue as you saw it? Uh, so it, it was basically a catch, but it was a bit... Uh, it was a well, long, long time ago now, so I'm, my memory's not the greatest, but he, he caught the ball. Um, he didn't really necessarily make the catch, but he... When he went to ground, his back was on the floor and he almost uh, slid out and slid, slid on the ground. But it was a bit contentious as to you know whether, whether he was out of bounds because it was near the sideline. Uh, but it looked clear. It looked clear from me that it was a, a complete catch. But it was it was called incomplete. Um, and then it was the case of you know kind of umpire's decision uh, or if, you know there's not enough uh, evidence to maybe overturn it. But yes, it's quite, not, it's quite clear uh, to me. So yeah, I maybe, do remember that catch now. You oh know. yeah, yeah. So now what, you've what gone into detail. I do remember. Yeah. Um, my my view on that one is, if I was the on-field official, that would be a catch. Mm. What they have is the in terms of replay, and they've become clearer on this in this year, um, due to the, some of the controversy last year, is they will let the call on the field stand unless there is very clear evidence. Mm. Particular Julio play. Um, there was one particular angle that wasn't shown to the replay officials, which clearly showed that he had pinned the ball to his head. Mm. And that was the bit of evidence that was missing. In the other clips, it looked very much like he'd pinned the ball, but he hadn't actually um, secured it enough on the video evidence to overturn what was on the field. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I, that's an, uh, it's an unfortunate one. Sometimes they, they, they get the video feeds, but they don't always get all the video feeds in the time that they need them. Yeah. There was one particular one that came out afterwards that showed uh, clearly that it was actually pinned to his head and didn't touch the ground. Mm. But without that particular angle, it wasn't 100% sure that that hadn't happened. So if you're not 100% sure that it's actually wrong, you've got to stay with the call on the field. So that's an unfortunate one, but yeah. I did have uh, called that one as a good catch. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. I say quite a lot of people were, were in uproar, and I included myself on that one because obviously I, I had the Atlanta Falcons to beat the Philadelphia Eagles there, but um, not to not to stay too bitter. Um, obviously, you've, you've just uh, come back from a trip over in, into the States, uh, so do you maybe just want to uh, give us a quick a quick comment on, on your trips over to the, the other side of the pond and your, your football experiences? Yeah, I, I had a, a great week away in Florida, which was very nice, nice break. But I managed to take in some football as well, which was good. I got to the Florida Gators game on the, the Saturday, which great to see some college football. Uh, for those that don't know, college football is very big in the States. Very big. We have, have uh, attendances that are actually often greater than the NFL games. Mm. And uh, you can have eighty to 100,000 people attending. Yeah. Um, it was a very hot game sitting in the stands. Luckily, I was a little bit in the shade because I had the uh, main stand behind me, but I was still dripping with sweat. Uh, it was one of those sort of games. Um, then the following day, I managed to get to the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the New England Patriots game, oh, nice. uh, which was obviously the key game of the week. Yeah. Uh, I had the fortune to be in the press box for that which is air conditioned oh, but nice. it was still very hot yeah. but i if i'd have been uh, out on the field it would have been uh, oppressive in that heat mm -hmm. it was the hottest game that jacksonville has ever had so uh, um i'm glad to see that brady did make excuses with the heat um <laughs> i interviewed him in the um press office afterwards and uh, he actually just said they needed to do a lot better mm -hmm. and that heat wasn't the issue it was a bit like training camp as far as he was concerned yeah Oh, interesting. So you actually got to meet, you actually got to interview uh, Tom Brady. That's, that's amazing. Um, yeah, that's what, did, did you do interview other players as well, or was it just Tom? Uh, well, it was just Tom. I mean, the way that the post-game interviews happened is the press are allowed into the dressing room. So I happened to be in there just trying to get an interview with one of the other players. And Tom came in from the shower, just got dressed. He was behind the huddle of the mass media and uh, it was actually a colleague of mine who spotted him and he tucked me on the shoulder just as tom actually uh, was exiting the dressing room to go to the to the uh, media office and uh, so we were lucky we sort of snuck out the back door with him direct to the uh, the, the press conference yeah, um so it was only him and belichick they were actually uh, in the the actual press conference. The rest of the players were in the locker room, so we just got lucky. Oh, amazing! No, that's absolutely amazing. That's a uh, that's a money can't buy uh, tell your grandchildren type of uh, type of story. They met Tom yeah, Brady. Yeah, we were very lucky. Good timing. Good, mm, good timing. Good. Yeah, just to mention, obviously the, the the crowds there at the college game. I watched a bit of the uh, LSU Auburn game last week, and oh my god, just sea of people. And the, the thing that I like about the college games as well is like the bands that travel with the teams. I mean, they're just crazy as well. It's it's quite a, it's quite a spectacle. Uh, and I say it's quite interesting that the college games yes. say get 80, 80 to a thousand people. It's more more than we get for an England game at Wembley, uh, which just shows you obviously how how popular it, it is. But, um, Absolutely, and it was interesting to see the band. The band was sat in the sun yeah. all day, so um, they did a halftime show. They were sat there through every down, um, playing little um, ditties between the plays, yeah. and 
in full uniform and uh i was my my wife used to play in the band in the uk and uh she she was amazed at the stamina that they had cool yeah yeah no absolutely amazing I, I, i'm trying to watch a bit more college this year but it's just trying to find the time to to do that obviously bt sport have a lot of uh, the college the college stuff on on saturdays so i might see what games are on today but there's usually you know eight, eight or nine hours of the of the stuff on there so yeah might might go and record and see what was on there on the on the this week do, do you follow yeah. the gators themselves or is it uh was it just a chance yeah to espn up? player is espn player is the equivalent to the nfl game pass mm-hmm. and that's really good for watching college football mm-hmm. but as you say there's just so much of it so it's difficult enough getting through all the nfl games in a week mm-hmm. um and that's also with gaming 40 that i use on uh, yeah. the game pass but yeah. trying to do the same with college is very difficult because there's so many games so yeah. I, I have a habit of only tuning in to the big ones of those and uh, uh, trying to just uh, watch one or two of those if I can fit in a week, but it's very difficult to yeah. add it onto the NFL. Does it? Does the ESPN player also have like the game before and the game highlight stuff, or is it just full games? No, unfortunately, full games. They don't even edit out. Well, all of the uh, adverts are edited out initially, so uh, it's full games, three hours, and, and that's just too much for yeah. most people, especially yeah. if they've got life outside of football. Yeah, um, so, yes, it makes it very difficult. But if they had game in 40, then I think I'd watch more of it. Yeah, but I'd, I'd, uh, full I'd games try. are hard. Yeah, no, I certainly try as well. I'd say, yes, it's hard. It's hard to. You know, Saturday usually is all your errand. You know, obviously, you dedicate all your time on a Sunday to, to NFL and your fantasy football teams and certainly lineups and that kind of stuff. And Saturday's your errand day where you do your shopping, you go out and do what you need to do so that you can enjoy a Sunday and have a nice roast yeah. dinner. Oh, I'm roast dinner. Oh, I might, I might get involved in some of that. Um, yeah, no, so, yeah, it's a bit annoying that this the three hour games. So that, that kind of pissed me off a little bit. But um, so are you a Miami Gators fan, uh, Roger? Or was it just was it just a case? Obviously, you went over that, that way. Is it, is there a college team that you particularly like, or is it just uh, in general? No, it, no. it was it was coincidence. It just okay. so happened that they happened to be at home. I was staying in the Orlando area, and Gators are a couple of hours north. And I uh, knew I was going to the Jacksonville game as well. So it was a case of oh, okay, try and combine the two, and I managed to do so. Awesome. So yeah, I, I had never been to a college game before live, and um, so it was a good opportunity mm-hmm. while I was out there. Yeah, absolutely. and I'd recommend it to anybody who uh, does go over to the states. Yeah, absolutely. Certainly, certainly the uh, top top uh, top two of my uh, of my bucket list to do but next time next time you get over into the press co- uh, press box roger give us a shout and we'll we'll give you a shirt to go and get signed for so we can give it away on the on the podcast but um yeah oh, that, that 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 was uh great there about that about tom brady really uh really jealous that you got to kind of share the same the same room with him so that's that pretty good story to tell but I suppose uh, that that would do it for obviously for the first kind of segment. But no doubt we'll have you on at some point in the near, very near future because there's also no doubt that officiating will come in the way of, of games in the next couple of weeks. So we look forward to having you no. back on uh, then to talk about those. No problem. I look forward to it. Roger Goodgroves there with all the latest on the officiating of the first few weeks of the NFL season. You can contact him on Twitter at Roger Goodgroves. Very much a recommended follow. But that's going to wrap it up for the week three uh, preview. Hope you enjoyed the two episodes there. If you want to get in contact with us at Full10Yards is the Twitter handle. If you want to get obviously myself and now our co-host Lee at Tim underscore Monk85 and at Wakefield90 are our personal accounts. Good luck with all your fantasy teams. Good luck with all your punting and enjoy the week three of the NFL. We'll be back on Tuesday or or probably Tuesday or Wednesday where we'll be recapping with Lee the week three games. I hope you enjoy the games. Hope you get what you want out of the weekend and we'll speak to you in a couple of days' time. But in the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's 
Bye bye for now. for listening to the full 10 yards podcast follow us on facebook or twitter at full 10 yards or email the show full 10 yards at gmail.com